Hello, everybody. Welcome back to For the Girls. This was the last race of the season. We cannot believe that's officially a wrap on 2023. Chessa, I don't know about you, but I feel like it went really fast. It's like vacation. It's like vacation. It happens in the blink of an eye, but it felt like a lifetime. Yeah, exactly. Like thinking back to the beginning of the season, where was McLaren? Like the whole thing. So crazy. We have so much to discuss. We will be dropping a full season recap episode next week and a fun survey is live on Instagram in our stories and also in the episode description. Think superlatives, most improved, that sort of stuff. We will be going through all the results next week with a special guest. We're super excited. And with that, let's get into it. I'm Tiggy. And I'm Chessa. Okay, guys, final race of the season. Let's just jump in with our main takeaways. This was a really special race for me because I was actually watching the race with one, two, three, like six people who actually had never really watched F1 before. So this was a really fun race for me to actually have it be a good race. And the reason why I think it was so great is because the wheel-to-wheel action on the first lap was captivating. It drew you right in. And especially for a track like Yas Marina Circuit, that doesn't actually usually see that much overtaking. This was really great. And I think it was a perfect closing race of the season. Yeah, I think, I don't know if I'd go so far as to say it was perfect, but because we didn't have like that much excitement, but it was a fun race. (laughs) And I think the Mercedes Ferrari battle, like give us a lot to root for no matter who you were rooting for. There was like, it literally came down to the last lap. Like Chessa said, some really good overtakes battles throughout and it was, yeah, it was just so fun to have some of those battles like Alonso and Charles for drivers, like really come down to the last lap. I personally was screaming during the Yuki Hamilton last oh, lap battle. Wait, I actually we'll have discuss. questions. Yeah, I have questions for you. We'll talk about that in a bit. <laughs> yeah, that was wild. But, you know, as as happy as I am to see the Mercedes and the Ferrari cars go, it, it made it interesting at least like we didn't know which weekends they would be good or not good so I thought that added a little bit of excitement when we had just such a dominant dominant season by Red Bull so congrats to them I will not be giving them my MVP because we all know it is well deserved but yes I'm, I'm happy for them and I liked what the announcers said like you cannot define dominance without Max Verstappen at this point. Oh, There's like, we've run out of ways to to say it. So 100% agree. Okay, well, what were your MVPs, Tiggy? For this race, I'm going to go with Yuki and George. Um, I think Yuki had an incredible race. He was leading at one point, and I was loving all the stories that were like, stop the count. Yuki's leading. We're done. I know. It Actually, so good. Michaela from She Loves F1 had a really funny post. I was cackling. That's so funny. I didn't see that one. But yeah, it was hilarious. Just, yeah, I love I love when people who are unexpected are up there at the top. And then got to give it to George. Yeah. Like, he... He had a great race. He was losing it on his tires at the end, but he did just enough to get a a podium, his first in Spain, I think his only second of the season. And then, yeah, the ability to kind of cinch P2 for for Mercedes. Lewis did what he could, obviously, but the pace was not there for him. So George really carried the team this race, which was awesome. Okay, yes. I Tiki, I'm also gonna give it to George. I think this was an amazing race for him. He's such a talent. I've always said this, like a heads down, just stellar driver, and he really deserved this race and podium after a pretty rough season. He hasn't podiumed since the Spanish GP, so of course that's another great reason. And he basically held the P two position for Mercedes on his back this 
this weekend. So we'll talk about I that. I loved, I loved his radios. Though. Yeah, they were, we're good. Bleep, are we in constructors? Yeah. Like, no, it was care. so fun. <laughs> and also Charles had some good radios about that too, which I also want to discuss. Um, I'm having like a second MVP. I think Oscar did so well. You know, I love him. And it was just really cool to see him defending against Alonso because it was one representative of that P4 battle. And then just seeing like the youngest versus oldest driver going wheel to wheel, I thought was them. A nice wholesome moment. Yes. So fun. Very wholesome. For LVPs, I'm going to give it to Ferrari not letting Charles do his quote unquote burnouts. I don't know. We call them donuts, but I guess maybe they call them something different. Burnouts. Uh, that was so sad. He was like, I do I just like never get a rest? <laughs> like, do I never get anything? I feel and like then- if they let him do that, they would jinx it and he'll never get P1. He'll never win. He needs to <sighs> I don't win. know. I don't I disagree I like the poor guy has had the worst season just let him do a donut are you kidding me (laughs) he also got p2 so like let him live and then I'm also going to give my second LVP to plan L which they literally referenced on the radio plan L for luck like just hoping that Carlos was going to get a safety car and not pitting him until the very very end I just I feel like I don't know what else they would have done, but just like admitting that you're doing plan L for luck on the radio just felt like a lot. That's the most Ferrari thing I've ever heard. Maybe we have to make it into a T-shirt. That's crazy. (laughs) Okay, my LVP is kind of like out of a little out of left field because I just don't think like Alpine was necessarily one of the biggest talking points of this race. But I was not a fan of Gasly's radio, just like putting the team down for being slow and just being sassy overall. Like he had a little bit of a tough race, but I don't like when – a driver's like, why are we so slow? Yeah. Like everyone's on the same page. Everyone's seeing the same thing. And so I just don't like people throwing each other under the bus. I agree. I think everybody needs a break. (laughs) Good time then. Okay. What about our hot takes? Okay. This was definitely two sides of the extreme for me. I think my constructors predictions all came true, which was super exciting. So I did say Mercedes. I said McLaren would take P4 over Aston Martin. And then I think I said Williams would take it over Alpha Tauri. So all of those came true. But my race specific M- or, uh, hot take was that oh, I think it was a Mercedes double podium. I think I went really hot. Oh, you so- had to for the last race. That's okay. George, we, we got one half of that. So happy. No, you happy actually, I would say in the grand scheme of all of our hot takes this season, yours is pretty good. Mine was not great. I got two out of three of the constructors. I had Ferrari beating Mercedes. Of course, that didn't happen. And then my other one was a McLaren win, which also didn't happen. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> All right. So for practice, super quickly, FP1 was rookie central. We had 10 out of the 20 cars running rookies. A lot of the teams, I think, left it till the last practice or like the last race weekend to, to run them. Drugovic, Felipe, posted an amazing time that landed him in P2 for the session. People are like, when is he going to get a seat? It's just sad that they're in short supply. But they were Robert- there were some funny memes about Aston Martin and him. Stroll. I'll leave it at that. Ah, yes. (laughs) We also had Robert Schwartzman in the Ferrari in P8, which was exciting. It was was just funny to see Max and Checo on the pit wall with headphones on. Like, we really don't see that ever. You know, they're always like heads down in their car. FP2, Leclerc was quickest. Carlos had a big crash that brought out the red flag. That was just the start of an unfortunate weekend for him. And then FP3, Russell topped. And Max was kind of struggling with balance problems on the car throughout practice. So was thinking maybe we'd get some luck, but he kind of found his his mojo halfway through quali. So Yeah. 
And once Was again, it, to it be. just shows that practice <laughs> does not usually ever indicate what's going to happen <laughs> for the weekend. So jumping into quality Q1, the track definitely got quicker as the session went on. There was some big heavy hitters that left it to the last lap to get a good time in, which of course made it interesting. And interesting it was. We had signs out, K-Meg out, Botas out, Joe and Sargent. Two of Logan's flying laps were deleted. So Albon outqualified him every single race this season on that technicality. This was Sainz's first Q1 exit since Brazil in, wait for it, 2019, which is just wow. rough. Yeah, it was really tough. Yeah, I feel like the track limits conversation is so interesting. They were talking a lot about it, David Coulthard and Julian Palmer, about how they're using AI for track limits these days and oh. how much quicker the track limits infringements are being reported and kind of, you know, drivers are being reprimanded or times are getting deleted. And they were just having a really interesting discussion about like the good and the bad of using AI, which is true for literally everything in this world. That's so cool. But it was interesting on track limits. Like they were like, the lines are the lines. So if we can use technology and AI for that, that's great. But also, you know, want to make sure it's, it's fully right. And it's a little scary to like leave everything up to a machine. But I mean, the, the stewards, AI. <laughs> Who wins that battle? <laughs> Damn, I would have liked to be a fly on the wall for that conversation or actually just participate in it. So that's very <laughs> cool. To jump into Q2, this was definitely a quicker track and it was cool to see Tina and Jessica from Aston Martin watching in the garage. We'll talk a little bit about that in our news section. That was really nice. But Q2 kind of also a little upset. upset. We had Hamilton out, and then Ocon, Stroll, Albon, and Danny. And quick notes here, this is the first time that Hulkenberg made it through since Singapore, and then George knocked Hamilton out. He was definitely quicker in both sessions, and this is the second time in a row for Hamilton that he hasn't made it to Q3, and this is the first time since 2014 that he didn't make Q3 back-to-back. So... So so what, Tiggy? Like I, we have a lot to comment on that. But he did say something <laughs> was, was wrong with the car. Yeah, he was he was struggling. Yeah, I just I don't understand how that car worked for George a decent amount better than it worked for Hamilton this weekend. Yeah. He said something was wrong with it. He was fighting the car a lot. You could just see it. And after quality, he was kind of just like, it is what it is at this point. I don't really know what to say. And that should be yeah. Mercedes's like slogan for the whole season. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> It's tough. Sad. For Q3, all eyes were on Russell and Leclerc, given their teammates had already been knocked out and constructors, again, so much on the line for both those teams. So Charles put it on the front row provisionally, and it was a chase to the line for front row by Checo and Russell, neither of who were able to take that from him. Our top 10, Max, Charles, Oscar, super exciting. Yay. Uh, Russell, Norris, Yuki, Alonso, Hulkenberg, Perez, and Gasly. Checo and Gasly's times were deleted, so they were in the back there. It was also Yuki's highest ever qualifying position, just the start of a great weekend for him. Uh, some other records, Max's 12th pole in a row, fourth in a row in Abu Dhabi. Christian, what was so weird about this was, Chessa, you and I were talking about this. Christian oh. said he won 500 euros for hel from Helmet in a bet that Max would be on the front row. Like, why was Helmet betting against Max? And what I think world? Helmet just wanted to lose money to Christian because obviously. And why are their bets five hundred euros? Like, you and I go to Vegas and we're like uh, ten cents. <laughs> I actually, yeah. Well, we won't talk about my gambling habits. So, <laughs> okay, alrighty. Let's jump into the race. Start of the race. Our main highlights. To start with the start of the race, this was a pretty expected 
kind of outcome for the front row. Max had a great start. He pulled ahead. But what was really super exciting, though, was Charles putting a lot of pressure on him the entire first lap and really looking like he was going to pull ahead a few times. And the commentators and myself and I think a lot of other people were fully convinced that Charles would just make the pass, let it stick, and get ahead. But Max was driving so well, as he does, of course, and he was being able to sort of break really late into the corners and keep the lead. So another stellar first lap performance from him that kept him, gave him the lead for basically the entire race. That was crazy because Charles is such a good driver. I was shocked that Max was able to keep it because it really looked like Charles at least two or three times was going to take that very exciting. him. So exciting. Although I was cheering for Mercedes. I like wanted Leclerc yeah. to kind of get that. Um, there was another great start from Lando. He worked his way up from P5 to P3. But some of the main race highlights. So Max, of course, extended his record to 19 race wins in a single season, which is just absolutely mind-blowing. Again, not the best race from Lewis, but with signs having a DNF and George securing a podium finish, Mercedes did cinch their P2 in constructors, which I personally am very happy about. Tough to feel a little bit like too elated, just given the fact that Red Bull was more than double the points ahead. But, you know, Lewis basically said after the race that we could probably expect the same for 2024. But I think Mercedes is just going to lay low over the off season. Yeah, you did. Cool. And we'll see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) You know, wishful thinking over here. It's fine. That's okay. Someone (laughs) needs to do it. Yeah. And then I guess last few highlights, Alonso's P7 points finish that helped him in the driver's championship ahead of Charles, even though they tied on points, Alonso had the higher finishes. So he, uh, won the P4 in that. And then Claren came out on top for P4 in Constructors, which was so exciting. We all need a little extra health booth sometimes, and Fleur Marche makes it easy for us to supercharge our wellness. Their botanical wellness patches have been such a fun addition to our routine. We just stick them on wherever we want. They have them for sleep, relaxation, focus, and other things. And the patch delivers ingredients to your body in a subtle but effective way, and the results last up to 12 hours. Fleur Marche also has botanical gummies and their new organic nutritional powder, Green Machine. They only use the best ingredients and are tested for potency, contaminants, and heavy metals before and after production. And one of our favorite things, we also love that the company is founded and inspired by women with the mission of helping us feel 100% every single day so that we can have full energy and crush it every day. Find your new wellness essentials at fleurmarche.com and get a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your first order site-wide with promo code for the girls at checkout. Orders over $50 also get free shipping. Go to fleurmarche, F-L-E-U-R-M-A-R-C-H-E.com. Use code for the girls for 20% off your first order. Okay, friends, it's festival and concert season, and you know it's all about the boots this year. That's why you need to make Tacova's your number one place for festival style this spring. And don't forget to shop their seasonal and limited edition offerings, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. We love Tacova's. They have a first wear comfort, which basically means there's no break in period. It's the best thing ever. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personal. Personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's really no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, though, just visit tecovas.com, T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and they ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. 
Women's health is so important and balanced hormones are key for that. We've been loving Hormone Harmony from Happy Mammoth, who's committed to making women's lives easier. Hormone Harmony contains adaptogens, science-backed herbal extracts that help the body adapt to stressors like hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. We love it because it helps us maintain optimal hormone levels and supports our mood and general well-being. There is a reason that one bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use code F1Rthegirls at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code F1Rthegirls for 15% off today. Okay, let's jump in team by team, starting with none other than Red Bull. I think we actually do start with Red Bull every race because there's a lot to talk about. So, I mean, Max won this race. Done, dusted. Chaco could have done better. Done, dusted. So let's get into the real drama this bizarre Lewis Red Bull story. So Christian Horner has said <laughs> that Lewis's team had approached him at the start of the year. And then when asked about this, Lewis said that, no, I haven't talked to Christian in years. He had checked with his team. None of them had reached out on his behalf. Lewis then said that actually Christian was the one who had reached out to meet at the end of the season. And he would love to race Max in the same car, probably having nothing to do with actual team discussions like switching teams. <laughs> Christian followed it up in the press conference saying that it was Hamilton's dad that had reached out. So a lot of back and forth going on here. Very confusing, but I think it's probably just fodder for the media and less of an actual story. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. It felt like a very he said, he said type situation. I mean, I know who I believe in this situation. I'll say no more. But yeah, it just felt like a little bit of of drama that kind of exploded in the last last race of the season. There is a conspiracy theory out there that Christian kind of stirred the pot to take away the attention from Abu Dhabi 2021 and that being kind of more in the media or more talked about this year. But oh, interesting. I'm not I'm not saying I believe that, but I just interesting to to raise as a potential food for thought. <laughs> Another thing that Christian said after the race, he said that they won 21 out of 22 races. So that means that there's room for improvement, which like scares the living daylights out of me. Are we looking for a 22 out of 22? Right. That's what you want. Out of 23? That's what you want a team boss to say. But <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, guess. it could totally happen if I could totally happen next year. Max's race. At the end of the season, it was GP, I think, who went on and he was like, congratulations, Max, all missions accomplished. And I just felt like that was a mic drop. Done. Truly. Except for that one last race. Yeah, exactly. Um, Before we move off on Red Bull, let's talk about the Checo penalty. Did he deserve the five-second time penalty? And then he also got summoned to the stewards for sassing them on the radio. I think he was in the wrong. He he deserved something, but I do think – it felt a little harsh given that Lando got his position. He didn't have to retire or pit or anything like there was contact. Checo was in the wrong there, but I just don't, I don't know. It took, it took away a lot of the suspense. I feel like for the, the P2 and constructors for Mercedes and for, for Ferrari. And it felt a little harsh and I was surprised that the FIA gave him that. I think, yeah, maybe the five second time penalty was too much, but it did leave us the opportunity for Charles's fun little strategy. So let's talk about that. So for Charles's race, I would just say hats off to him for really keeping the pressure on Max for those first 10 laps or so. Like we said, the first lap was amazing for him. And it was tough because even him maintaining his P2 position wasn't enough to help him secure P4 in the World Drivers' Championship. He ended up tying Alonso with 206, but because Alonso had more podiums, he technically would bump ahead. So Charles kind of lost out there. But like what I was saying is – this interesting strategy choice from him at the end, which 
is just so reminiscent of being Charles and being a Ferrari driver where you're like running statistical and strategy permutations in your mind while driving the car all the time because that's what happens in Ferrari. Because <laughs> you're like, on plan L for luck. Literally, exactly. <laughs> so what he did is he tried to help Checo build that five second gap to Russell to offset that five second time penalty, which would have helped in the overall um constructors battle which i thought was a really cool thing um and again definitely shows how strategic he is as a driver but curious for your thoughts as well tig yeah i mean i i think it's great for him that he's out there doing whatever he can he said going into the weekend that the only thing that mattered to him was p2 and constructors like he was really laying it all out there and so i was happy to kind of see him thinking strategically but i also thought it was funny in george's post-race interview saying like respect to charles for not kind of doing shady things in in other words but like that's kind of what he said and I I kind of agree with that too I mean it is what it is but uh yeah I think good for Charles for for thinking up on his own it was a completely different story for signs who had another tough weekend people were calling this a Vegas hangover race for him which was I mean it's like one thing after the other bad practices two weekends in a row I just feel bad for him yeah not much to say for him hopefully he'll have a better next season I guess yeah I remember the silver lining last year at the end of the season was Ferrari getting P2 was it P2 and constructors or was it Charles P2 and drivers I can't can't remember remember but there was some silver lining for Charles and I just felt like there were none for him this race besides being for signs yeah or Charles as well yeah either of them I mean again that's what happens my it's actually funny my grandma called me she's like even though Ferrari didn't get p2 and constructors they're still the best team i was like whatever you want to say it's yeah, okay sure <laughs> all right diggy tell us about mercedes mercedes okay what a race for the team i mean i guess finishing both cars in the top 10 was quite a feat definitely helped them stay ahead keep p2 and constructors we already talked about george doing such a great job attacking staying at the top of the pack kind of managing his tires even though the pace was was waning but he really did kind of put that on his back. Tough race for Hamilton, as we said, who just just did not seem to be at one with the car this weekend and for most races this entire season. So, yeah, I mean, my heart was in my throat at the last lap with Hamilton and Yuki. When Hamilton passed Yuki, then had this oversteer moment and Yuki passed him back. I was I was screaming. Was this your like, bingo card <laughs> of your life ever to see Yuki ahead of Hamilton? No. No, but I mean, good for Yuki. He, he so had a cool. fantastic race. So yeah, respect, props to him. Yes. Um, okay, let's talk about Alpine. I think overall tough race for the team this weekend, especially for Gasly, like I said. He he got a little riled up after, first of all, the team undercut him and let Ocon pit first. So that was his first sort of like annoying or confused or frustrated team radio situation. And then he got rear-ended by Lewis. And then, of course, his radio was like, oh, why are we so slow? And I think that was just tough. And then another thing that I, I think is really cool to call out, or not cool, but just an interesting thing to know, is Ocon was sick going into the weekend. I think George also had a really bad cough going into the weekend. And Ocon made He was coughing on the radio. In it was the bad. George was, yeah. yeah. Um, but Ocon made the crazy, this crazy comment about just how taxing this schedule is on drivers, especially with the Vegas to Abu Dhabi flight. And he said, quote, I'm not sure if it comes from the weird timings of Vegas, but we didn't see the sun for four days. There's a lot of things that is pushing on the human body. Like, it's just very unsettling for these drivers and to have them have all of those obstacles and then have to be in peak condition weekend after weekend is a lot. 
so hard. Even me coming back from Vegas for like, <laughs> you know, one weekend, I needed many days to recover from that. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. For McLaren, what a absolute comeback story. This is probably my favorite storyline of the entire season. Just a great season finisher race for them as well. Staying ahead of Aston Martin for P4 and Constructors. Lando finishing P5, Oscar P6. They just had the most amazing comeback second half of the season, making up the most overall ground to Red Bull. Uh, to the Red Bull pace from start to finish. And we just cannot wait to see what they bring next year. And a small piece of McLaren news, which I, I guess is a big piece of news in my mind, but they've officially signed with Mercedes to continue their power unit supplier partnership through 2030. And to me, what this says, it like really represents the trust that McLaren has in Mercedes to deliver, yeah. especially for the 2026 regulations, which is a totally different concept. And you know, obviously there's the stability, continuity. Andrea Stella mentioned both of those things. But yeah, I think it, it represents a lot of trust and a good partnership. And for Mercedes, having strong customer teams is also important for their data collection purposes. And obviously financially, it's important as well. So seems like a win-win all around. Definitely a win-win, but it must be hard for Mercedes to have one of their customer teams making up the most pace to Red Bull when obviously <laughs> they want that themselves. But that is F1. Well, P2, P4. We'll, we'll see what happens next season. Yeah. So for Aston Martin, again, I don't think the constructors battle turned out how they wanted, but Alonso was on one. He, first of all, he complained on the radio saying, quote, we have the slowest car on the straight by far. He maybe potentially brake tested Hamilton. I think the jury is probably still out. It's going to be split. No, the jury is not out on that. <laughs> okay. Tiggy is the most um, objective jury there is. Well, um, all the announcers <laughs> also said it too. And David Coulthard was saying that, Alonso had brake tested him like back no. in the day. Yes. So I don't th- I think this was actually quite objective that Alonso and that's was like, like weird because way too early. That was like Alonso first couple races of the season and then like historic Alonso, but he's been so nice. So that was kind of weird to see. <laughs> but overall, he actually had a great race. He overtook Lewis, Sainz, and Yuki, got his P7 in the race, which again was enough points to secure him P4 in the driver's championship, even though he tied with Charles. So that's huge. He said something funny on the radio about Hamilton. He was like, hey, I, you know, I have a lot of, in so many words, like I have a lot of respect for Hamilton. He has a lot of experience, but I have more, <laughs> which is funny. It's not wrong. Yeah. For AlphaTauri, so sadly for the team, they were close, but they were not able to win out over Williams for constructors. But Yuki, like we said, just really put on a show, even though the one-stopper strategy did not work out for him. He... He lost two places from his starting position of P6, and he had a few moments of leading the race, defending against Hamilton, and he won driver of the day. So very exciting. And the main piece of AlphaTauri news, aside from this race, is there are very credible rumors going around that they will be rebranded to Racing Bulls next season, which, what do you think about that name? That sounds like out of an F1 movie. I can't tell if that's real or not. I think it's real. <laughs> okay. The racing bulls. It's going to be weird for our recaps to switch. It just doesn't sound very like prestigious. It feels like a Talladega Nights vibe. It's also weird. Like you have Red Bull and then you have racing bulls. Like, it's going to be just, confusing. I get they're trying to bring it closer to the Red Bull brand, but I'm not the biggest fan of this name. Me either. To wrap out our last few teams, so Williams, they managed to keep P7 in the Constructors even though they didn't have the best race, but this is their best Constructors finish since 2017, so super happy for them. And I think the only other thing for Williams is Logan's seat next year is the final loose thread on the season, so we'll be eagerly awaiting that news. What do you think? uh, I literally don't think that Logan's going to have the seat, but I really want him to. 
Otherwise, they're going to. I think they're going to resign him. That's my. We have. We'll see what happens. Right. We're split. <laughs> We're split. Uh, last two teams before we jump into news for Haas and Alfa Romeo. It was just a very quiet race for these two, as usual, and all four drivers finished out of the points, and they came ninth and tenth in the constructors. Uh, Alpha ninth, Haas last. Yes, lots of room for improvement for both of those teams. Hopefully next season looks better for some headlines. So another piece of McLaren news, uh, IndyCar driver, Aero McLaren driver, Pato Award has got enough super license points to drive in F1. So he is going, he's been officially elevated to reserve driver status for McLaren next year, which is super exciting. And then last piece of news. So This was super exciting. Tina Hausman from Switzerland is the newly announced Aston Martin F1 Academy driver. She will be racing with Prema Racing. She's raced in the Italian F4 and Euro 4 championships, competed in the Formula Winter Series. And what is super exciting is that Jessica Hawkins is expanding her responsibilities at Aston Martin and has been elevated to be the new head of racing for F1 Academy within Aston Martin. So she'll be working directly with Tina and I think that's super, super exciting. I just loved the coverage of them this weekend. I know, dream team. In the garage. Yeah, they just look so, so awesome. Boss ladies. <laughs> and to wrap up this episode, our Radio of the Week is from George. Quote, that's the Formula One roller coaster for you. Yes, that is the Formula One roller coaster. That just wraps up Formula One in general. I think that's why we picked it. It's just like the sport is such a roller coaster. Exactly. So for driver standings for the end of the year, we have Max winning, of course. Then we had Checo with 285, Lewis 234, Alonso 206, Charles 206 again. But because Alonso had more podiums, he got fourth. Uh, Charles got fifth. Then we have Lando in 205, Carlos 200, George 175, Piastri 97, and Stroll in 74. And then Constructors. Red Bull 860, Mercedes 409, <laughs> Ferrari 406, McLaren 302, Aston Martin 280, Alpine 120, and then Williams 28, Alpha Tari 25, Alpha Romeo 16, and Haas 12. Our poll on Instagram, we had 59% Ferrari taking P2, 41% Mercedes. So unfortunately, the the results were not in favor of our followers and Instagram. But with that, Cannot believe this was the last race recap of the season. We will be coming at you with a full season recap next week with a special guest and a fun survey reminder that's in our description. So make sure to take that. And we can't wait. 